Amen? I have baggage. This piece of luggage with many others went with us to Brazil. And uh, a lady donated this to us. So we, this, is the, this is the luggage that took all of Danny Morris's T-shirts that he monogrammed. All, I don't know. We left that one there. But there was a bigger one than this one. We took a lot of luggage. How many of you ever packed for a trip and you took more luggage than you, the uh, Robert Ramirez at the airport said you could take? <laughs> All right, way too much. Well, that's what I want us to talk about this morning. I think God is positioning us as a body to go deeper, to go higher, to go farther than we've ever gone before. Do you all believe that? I think he's laid these sermons on my heart, and I didn't know exactly where they were going. But, you know, I've been talking about hearing from God and seeing God and seeing ourselves the way God sees us. And, and I just feel like some of us, maybe even that part of the body, of the, our, our body or us as individuals, that's what we make of it, the body. We've got some stuff. We've got some excess baggage that we, don't, we need to let go of before we can go farther and higher. You know, I, I'm amazed in the, the technology, uh, how it's gone the last 50 years. When I, had, when I was growing up, a car had a lot of metal in it. A car was heavy, you know, and I can attest to the fact that my mother used to, when she got a car with power brakes, the first time we had a car with power brakes, and this was before seatbelts, she didn't know exactly what power brakes were, but we found out they were the thing that forced you into the metal dash of the car. These, these cars are massive, and they're heavy, and everybody goes, man, they don't make cars like they used to. You know what? They don't make cars like they used to. They make cars better than they used to. They're lighter. They learned how to crumple them and, and, and wreck so they're safer because of airbags, light airbags. And so, you know, they make shoes. Our shoes when we were growing up are, like, pretty heavy. You know what I'm talking about, older folks? And now they make these shoes that are so light that make you run and jump and and all that stuff, and, and everything is geared, even in athletics, they're trying to make things lighter. You know why? Because that makes you more, uh, more athletic. That makes you do things better when you're not bogged down by things. I wish Carol and Chloe Jane were here this morning because I remember getting a call one day, and out in, they used to live out by uh, Fairview, and they had pigs. They had a, a pig pen. Anybody ever been in a pig pen in the rain? Carol's somewhere out of town somehow, but she called me and said, Harold, I need some help with the pigs. And I'm a city boy. She calls me to go help her with the pigs, and she said, here, put these boots on. So I put these boots on, and it just stunk to high heaven. The pigs stunk really bad. I don't know why I eat meat bacon, but it just stunk so bad. And I'm trudging out there. I don't remember what I was doing out there, but I was in the pig pen. I felt like the prodigal son. And I'm in the pig pen, and... My shoes are gone. And I left them. I mean, it was so hard to walk in that mud. I was bogged down. Have you ever played sand volleyball? It's kind of tough, isn't it? Because you get bogged down in the sand. You've got to be pretty light on your feet. Listen, God wants us to travel light in this world. He wants us to travel light as we go along this journey of life so we can affect other people in the kingdom of God. But if we're always worrying and carrying this baggage and we've got this stuff and it's so heavy that we can barely lift it, you know, it's really pretty light. Uh, we, we're not effective in the kingdom of God. We've got to learn to let go. We've got to learn to lighten up our load. So that's what I want to share with you this morning about how we need to travel light. Now, when we got the call that we we're going to go to Brazil, actually, we got the invitation. Uh, Pastor Richard said, man, I just need Mary Lou, you and Mary Lou to come to Brazil. And you know what? You know what my first response was? And I'm the preacher. 
My first response was, no way, no how. My flesh said, uh-uh. My flesh said, cost a lot of money. My flesh said, my wife doesn't like to go on long trips. And it's a long trip. So my flesh was, my first answer was my flesh. Heavy, weighed down, can't do that. Got me? You're, you're ever, you ever answer in your flesh? Is that sometimes your first response? Come on. If you're not so religious, isn't sometimes that your first response? You answer in your flesh. And so I'm thinking, we can't do this. Cost too much. And then Mary Lou said, you know what? I think we should pray about this. And when she said that, I'm going, oh, God, you've really touched her because I know she hates to travel. Long trips. I've been on a long airplane a flight to Ireland two times, and I know it, it takes its toll on you. Just You think you're just sitting and enjoying the movie, but it's, it's hard on your body. Matter of fact, we came back, and Mary Lou and my legs, are, hers were really bad because of sitting so long. She had, uh, you know, they got swollen and hurt, and we had to pack them in ice and get fluids down her because it's, it's hard to travel like that. So I know what it's like. My first response was no way, no how. And then all of a sudden, we, Mary Lou says, I think we need to pray about it. And so we laid it before the Lord said, Lord, do you want us to go? And he said, yes. And he said, and we said, well, if we're going to go, you're going to have to provide a way. And he provided a way for us. It was just supernatural. God began to work. So we knew we were doing the right thing. But then we had to do this. We had to get visas. I'm sorry, I spent on somebody. We had, to, we had to get visas. And that's not a visa card. Okay, it's not like a MasterCard. And so we had gone, we'd heard about the process for our team that went to Brazil last year. And I'm thinking, oh, no, there's no way we can get a visa this time. But God said, yeah, you can get it, you can get it fast. And so we got our visas. And so we had that. Got our airline tickets. We had to book our airline, our flight after we got the visas. So we wanted to book the visa was not knowing that we were going to get an air, uh, a ticket. Or we didn't want to book a ticket not knowing we might not get our visa. So we did that. So we got our visa. We got our airline ticket. We're ready to go. But then we got to do this other thing. We got to pack. Anybody like to pack for a long, for a week, eight days, and you're taking a lady with you? I'm talking a lot of stuff. So Mary Lou thinks, I, I've heard. I know how to pack light. And I said, how? She said, we're going to get these Ziploc bags, these 14-gallon Ziploc bags, and put our clothes in it. And you sit on, and your clothes, your shirts are about that thick. Try it. Anybody ever done that before? Man, you just take them out, and you got just like dealing cards when you're getting your clothing out of your luggage. And you just pick one out, zip it up, and, boom, and it just it fits, and it's just nice and neat. You don't even have to iron it. And we, we conserved a lot of space because we put all our stuff in Ziploc bags. But even at that, when we got to the airport, we had a lot of luggage. And I'm thinking, that's going to cost a lot of money. What, what's it cost a bag? Somebody tell me how much it costs a bag. See, you're wrong because it doesn't cost anything when you go international flights. <laughs> it was a blessing. We got to the airport. They said, no, you don't have to pay. So we got to go, and we had all these heavy luggage. You have to lift them up. You have to set them on this guy, this, on, this, on the scales, and the guy weighs it, and you're hoping it's not over 50 pounds. Man, we were really pushing, them, pushing the envelope on that. They were pretty heavy. So we got all that done. And when we get, we get there and we left some luggage there for them because that's why we packed extra baggage. I mean, we took extra bags so they could have them. And we got to bless a newlywed couple that didn't have any luggage. We were traveling light. We were traveling heavily, but, but we were traveling light because the person said there's no charge for it. Okay? I want you to hear this this morning. What God's going to speak to you about how you're traveling, what God can do, because he's a guy that checked your baggage. He's the one that checks your baggage. And you might have a lot of baggage this morning. You need to check them with Jesus. And that's what we're going to do at the end of the service. We're going to check our baggage with Jesus, okay? So in a couple of weeks, we have this group of young people coming here. It's called Third Culture Christians. 
How many of you know what I'm talking about? Third culture Christians. You're involved in the process. We have about 12 so far coming with, and two others, I think 14 total, that are coming here. And this is a new, a new ministry. It's a new name. It's, a, it's a similar to Master's Commission, but they've, they've broadened their, their, their horizons, their boundaries, and they're seeing things in a different light. And so Mary Lou and I went to Brazil, and we got to hear firsthand what this ministry is about. And I have to admit to you, I love Master's Commission when they were here. I, got, I love meeting the kids and hanging out with the kids and hearing about their stories. But when I got to go there, when I got to experience what they do, when I got to experience that ministry firsthand, and Mary Lou got to experience it firsthand, and meet pastors from Venezuela and people from Norway and people from Brazil, we got excited. And we bring them, we, man, I just can't wait to get back and get TC, TTC going, Third Culture Christians. And we'll be talking more about that in the coming weeks. But they're going to be here July 30th. That's pretty soon. We're going to be infused. I, I said, I can't wait to see what is going to be happening here because the injection of that faith, the injection of their spirit, the injection of their enthusiasm is going to change the dynamics of this body. I promise you. If you think the bitty's happy, you ought to be hanging around some of these other kids. And they're go-getters. They're young people that have sold out to Jesus Christ. They don't care about their clothes. They don't care about how much luggage they have. They don't care about that much. They don't care about food that much. I mean, we know that because we went down there and experienced what they eat. Beans and rice, beans and rice, beans and rice. They, they, they live out of a suitcase. They, they live in these, these homes that are not very big. And listen, I never, ever once, and Mary Lou will attest to this, we never heard them complain. Never heard them say, oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't want that. Oh, we don't get to go to the movies. We don't get these kind of clothes. Never heard them complain. These guys, they, have, they are traveling light. They're ready at a moment's notice to go to San Angelo, Texas. Listen, who in their right mind wants to go from California or, or Brazil or Venezuela to San Angelo, Texas, where it's 100 degrees besides the beauty? Listen, they have this passion for God. They have this passion to serve and to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ with love. And we were thinking, you know, we, we have this mindset. We're kind of selfish people. Wouldn't you say most people are kind of selfish? We were thinking, what are they going to come do for us? But listen, the reverse is this. What are we going to do for them? How are we going to affect their lives? How are we going to see them grow and mature as Christians? How are we going to be examples to them? It works both ways, church. So I'm telling you, we've got it. We might have to get rid of some stuff just to keep up with these kids. We might have to shed some junk to keep up with these kids because, listen, they're here. They're going to hit the ground running. And we don't need to be bogged down with boots in the mud in the pig pen. Okay? We need to lighten the load. So that's what I want to uh, talk about this morning is how we lighten the load. In Luke 10, 1 through 4, Jesus sent out 70 disciples. And I'm not going to go into what all they were about to do. But I want, you to, I, want to see, I want you to see something. When Jesus was sending 70 disciples out, it says in verse 1, After these things the Lord appointed 70 others also, and he sent them two by two. Say two by two. Before his face, into every city, into a place where he himself was about to go. He was sending them out as forerunners to prepare the way for the Lord, kind of like John the Baptist. Then he said to them, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Uh-oh. The harvest is great. There's a field of harvest. It's widened to harvest. It's just ripe for the picking. He said, but the laborers are few. And he said, therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. 
Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. And verse 4, very important. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. He wanted these guys traveling light, Blinda. He wanted them ready to go. He didn't want them to be bogged down dragging some luggage around with them. He didn't want them bogged down driving a, 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 all this other stuff that could hinder them in ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, look at the way the message puts that verse 4. I love this. And if you don't have a message Bible, and some of you, I'm sure, you don't, maybe you don't like the message, but sometimes it's really cool just to check it out versus the New King James or the King James or whatever you like, just to check it out because this is really hits home for us as we were traveling in Brazil. It says, travel light, comb and toothbrush and no extra luggage. Don't loiter and make small talk with everyone you meet along the way. See, we had, Wes and Casey said, now, Dad, Mom, you need to, you need to take a backpack with you. I, I haven't had a backpack ever. We didn't have backpacks when I was in school. <laughs> Long time ago. Didn't have backpacks, but we were told to take a backpack and put in it. You know what Wes and Casey said to pack? Toothbrush, some toiletries, and an extra set of clothes, just in case American Airlines doesn't cooperate. But they did. We were, we were blessing that. But it, in other words, I felt like that scripture was like, hey, Harold, if you're going to go and do what I've called you to go and do, don't, don't, be pack, don't be carrying that thing behind you. Just get your backpack and throw your toothbrush in there and, and a change of clothes and be ready to go at a moment's notice. See, that's how we're supposed to travel in the spirit. But if we've got all this junk like they were talking about on the video, if, we, if we're bogged down with all that, guys, if we're, we're hanging on to stuff, if we've got anger and unforgiveness and, and bondages and all those things in our life, our religion, if we have all that stuff draped over us, it's hard to go out and minister the gospel with glory, with joy, with enthusiasm, isn't it? I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you about Jesus. Oh, wait, wait, i got to do this. I just want to tell you about Jesus. Oh, he's so good. Man, he will really bless your life. And I just, man, God is so good. He's just done so much for me. That's how Christians are. We, we, we've got so much griping and complaining going on, junk in our life that, that we can't express. But I let go of that and go, wait a minute, I want to tell you about Jesus. I want, I want you to see Walk It Out Ministries. I want you to see the Holy Rollers going out. I'm just going out. And they had a light load except for that popcorn popper. But they were just going out. They didn't, they weren't in big grandiose plans. They just said, we're going to go out and, and tell people about Jesus. Sometimes we've just gotten too, we've gotten too sophisticated to do that anymore. Just go out and tell people, love on people, tell them about Jesus Christ. So Jesus said, guys, if you're going to go, I want you to go two by two, and you're going to do some great and mighty things, but don't get overloaded with baggage. Don't hang around the wrong people. Don't talk to the people unless I'm, I'm directing you to talk to them. Don't loiter, he says. We need to be mindful of our baggage this morning. For this end, before we end today, you're going to be, God's, the Holy Spirit's going to show you what your baggage is. I'm not. You know, I, w- I was thinking, I am 58 years old. And I'm thinking, I'm over the halfway mark. Don't have a whole lot of time left. We've got to make the most of the time we have. Amen? The young people, I know you think you, you're going to, you got it forever to go and do but listen you come to a point you look back and you go hey have i been traveling light have i been or have i been have i been taking advancing the kingdom of god because i'm 58 years old times are wasting it is we need to make the most of it hebrews 12 1 
I'm just going to go through some verses very quickly. Then we're going to have a time of ministry. Hebrews 12, 1. I'm going to tell you something. You can't help other people if you're, if you're carrying those bags, if they're that heavy. You, you're just not going to be able to minister very well. Okay? It's better when you set that stuff down. Then you can minister. Hebrews 12, 1, one of my favorite verses says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and I don't know who that cloud of witnesses is, and, and however you want to figure that one out, that's cool. It could be angels. It could be the saints. It could be, it could be the, the people of faith that are in heaven. I don't know. But we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. I do know this, that Jesus is looking. Let us lay aside every weight. Say, every weight. Let us lay aside every weight. Every weight. Not all, most of the weight, every weight. And the sin. Say, and the sin. Which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Do we have any swimmers in here today? Got swimmers in here? Do you, do you, if you're going to try to swim uh, uh, in a meet, like a 50-meter dash, whatever they call it, do you just put on all your, your Sunday go-to-meeting clothes and jump in the pool? No, man, you, you, man, swimmers shave their bodies. They get rid of anything that could hinder them from cutting through the water. They, they just let it go. And then, you know, some of them wear those Speedo things, you know. <laughs> but but, the, but they, they do that on purpose. There's an intent to doing that because they want to cut through the water as fast as they can. They want to make that. They want to get to the end. They want to win the prize. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. He said, look, if you're running this race, you need to fix your eyes on Jesus. You need to get rid of the things that are weighing you down. Did you know sometimes it's good things that are weighing you down? It's not always just bad things. It's good things. You just got your eyes. You, you put your focus on the wrong things. You've gotten your eyes off of Jesus Christ. And so you're starting to look to these things. And, and they're not bad things, but they're weighing you down. They're getting you off track. The enemy's really good about that. Mary Lou says it over and over and over to me. She says, the devil, one of his biggest weapons is dissension. He wants you and your husband, your husbands and wife to be at odds with each other. He wants children and their parents to be at odds with each other. He wants people in the church to be at odds with each other. He wants dissension because when there's dissension, you're looking at that person. You're not looking at Jesus. You're worrying about them. You're not thinking about Christ. You're not putting him first. You got your eyes in every, all the circumstances of your life. Listen, if you're in bondage to finances, you're going to be, you're going to be looking at finances. When you wake up in the morning, that's going to be on your mind. How am I going to pay my bills today? If you're, how am I going to pay my car payment today? And your mind is not on Jesus Christ. It's on the junk. It's heavy. And he wants you to let go of those things and focus on him. We need to travel light. We need to get rid of the excess baggage if we're going to run this race and if we're going to bear much fruit. John 15, 1 says, I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Listen, a tree, this, it's a beautiful tree up there, but if it's got dead wood in it, guess what? That hampers the growth of the tree. And so if you're smart, you'll go in there and you'll cut out all the dead weight in the tree. You'll, tr- you'll cut out those things that are sucking water because they're not being productive. And that's the way many of us as Christians are. We've got baggage in our life. We've got junk in our life. We've got sin in our life. And God says, I want to cut that out of you so you can be more productive, for, so you can bear more fruit. Does that make sense? So whatever you're carrying today, if it's, if it's not of God, then it's, it's of the enemy. If it's, if it's not of God, it's of the enemy. 
And if you're not bearing fruit, there's a reason why you're not bearing fruit. Now, bearing fruit means a lot of different things, too. And I'll just do a little ditty to the side on that. Bearing fruit is actually becoming the fruit of God. Love, joy, peace, patience, and all those things. The fruits of the Spirit. But it's also bearing fruit. It's bearing fruit with your children. It's bearing fruit with the lost people. It's bringing them into the kingdom of God. There's lots of ways to bear fruit. And it's, a, it's when, we, when we're burned down with the wrong stuff, we won't bear fruit like we're supposed to bear fruit. Amen? In the story of the rich young ruler in Luke chapter 18, one of my, one of my favorite stories, this guy comes up to Jesus, he's running up to him and says, man, hey, hey, Jesus, man, uh, uh, he just gets out of his limo, you know, he just, just jumped out of his limo, he saw Jesus, he says, stop the car, I've got to see Jesus, and that dude is really famous, and I really got to, I just like to go touch the guy, I want to go get someone he's got, because if I get someone he's got, oh, he can get richer maybe. So he runs and he, and he finds Jesus and he says, hey, Jesus, he said, how do I get what you got? How do I get eternal life? Man, I want, I want what you got. And Jesus looked at him and he said, well, son, all you need to do is just keep the commandments. And so oh, oh, he lies to Jesus because he said, I, just, I keep them all. Yeah, he's pretty full, full of himself, isn't he? He said, I keep all the commandments, man. You know I keep the commandments. And Jesus looked at him and he said, it says in one, in one passage, it said, Jesus looked at him and he loved him. He said, look, this is what you need to do. Go sell everything you've got. Give it to the poor, and then you can come and follow me. He knew, he knew, he knew that this guy was carrying this bag of money. He was carrying this bag of materialism. He knew that that was what was weighting him down. And he said, listen, you need to let go of that stuff so you can follow me. You really want to follow me? You really want to follow Jesus? You might have to let go of materialism. You might have to let go of some stuff. Always gets quiet when you talk about money. <laughs> it really does, because we're all affected by it. He said, man, you like one thing, just one thing. He's like Curly in, in uh, City Slickers. It's just that one thing, buddy, you, you lack. What's the one thing you lack? What's the one thing that you're holding on to? And Jesus said, if you'll just go and get rid of that, you can follow me. You could follow me. What's the one thing? Or the two things or the three things? Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. I won't. How well are you following Jesus today? Matthew 8, 19 through 22. My Bible has the little headings like most people's Bibles. It breaks up the stories. You know what I'm talking about? And under this, under, under 8, uh, 19 or 18 through 22, it says the cost of discipleship. This is Jesus. He said, a certain scribe came and said to him, or to Jesus, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Sound like the rich young ruler. I just want to go with you. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You know what he's saying to the guy is? You want to follow me? You want to follow me? I don't have a home. Are you willing to leave your home? Are you willing to leave your comfort? Like these kids from Brazil and America and Norway. Are you willing to leave mommy and daddy and follow me? You know, there's no answer there. He just says, hey, I, I don't have a home. If you're, if you're going with me and you think I've got a, a Winnebago, you're wrong. If you think I've got a hotel, just, uh, you know, the resorts that I'm going to stay at, you're wrong. It's not going to be comfortable. Listen, following Christ isn't always comfortable. Amen. A following Christ involves some things in your life that you might have to do, might have to give up. And this is the other disciple. He hears that answer, and he said, oh, <clears throat> well, I was going to say the same thing, but, uh, Lord, I want to follow you, but let me first go and bury my father. 
Let me go bury my dad. <laughs> you know, that just seems like the most awesome thing. I want to go take care of my dad's funeral. You know, he's laying back at the house. He's in, there's, he's in a coffin. And if we just go have the funeral service and I'll bury my dad, I'll, I'll be right there. Hold the horses. I'll be there, Jesus. But, you know, that's not what Jesus was talking about. When, and that wasn't what the guy was talking about when he said, let me bury my father. What he was saying is, when my dad finally dies, and it might be 10 or 20 or 30 years from now, and, and I'll, I want to stay with my dad until that day. When that day happens, then I'll go and follow you. Look what Jesus replied. Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. One of his more popular answers. <laughs> What he was saying to this young man was, look, you want to follow me? Just come on. You can't let your family weigh you down. You can't let the issues of life weigh you down. You've got to let go of some things. And I'm not saying, Jesus is not saying family is not important. He's not saying that that, uh, finances, home, all those. He's not saying those are important. What he was trying to do is get a message across to people that were very flippant about saying, hey, I want to follow you. I want to be a Christian. I want, I want to do that thing. I want to be a preacher. Man, look at that. He's got all these people in the palm of his hand. I think that would be cool. Did you know we have pastors in pulpits across America that wanted to be a preacher because they wanted to be a preacher? That God didn't call them to be a preacher or a pastor? They just said, I think that's a good profession. Look, that guy's on TV. I think I'll do that. And we have pastors falling out of the ministry. Some say there's as many as 1,500 a month in America drop out of the ministry. In this country, 1,500s. Well, most of them probably weren't supposed to be there in the first place. But the others that were there probably got some baggage that they need to let go of. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 2 through 4. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Say, my faith. Your faith is what is the victory is in your faith. I want you to see this. I'm gonna, I've got a two-point sermon today. How many of you ever heard me say a two-point sermon? I've never, I never say that. We have a two-point sermon today. And this may seem so simple, but it may seem so profound. There are two things in that verse that will help you unlock, the, give you the key to unlock and let go of the baggage in your life. Two things. Number one is a radical love for God. If you have a radical love for God... His, his commandments are not burdensome. If you really, really, really love God, you're going to say, I love to keep your commandments. Think about it. You might not love to do some certain things in life, but somebody else might love them. And what might be a burden to you might be a joy to somebody else. How many of you like, don't like to fish? You just don't like to fish. Come on, get your hands up. Just don't like to fish. So if I said, I want you to go fish today, you, oh, man, pastor, I don't like to fish. I don't want to fish. I'll do anything. I, I like to knit. I like to, I like to do cross. I just hate fishing. Ugh, that worm, putting it on the hook, getting them out of the water. Ugh, hate to fish. Or if I don't catch anything, I just hate that. It's just, just so boring. How many of you love to fish? See, if I said, do y'all want to go fishing today? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let's go fishing. Where are we going? Y'all would be so excited because you love fishing. 
That's the way it is with God. If you really love God, you're going to say, His commandments? He's got commandments for me? Yeah, I want to keep His commandments. But if you don't love God, they're burdensome. If you don't have a radical love for Jesus, those things are really burdensome. Matter of fact, you're already figuring out why you don't want to be a Christian because you've got to keep all those stupid commandments. It's no fun being a Christian. But if you love God, if you have a radical love for him and you understand what his grace is, you understand his mercy, you understand what he did for you, you go, yeah, I want to keep your commandments, God. And if I break them, I know it's going to grieve you and it's going to grieve me and I don't want to do that, Father. See what I'm talking about? A radical love for God? He, he, said, he says it right there, my commandments are not burdensome. I remember as a teenager, I thought, oh, you can't drink, you can't dance, you can't do sex, this stuff. Oh, that don't sound good at all. That must be for somebody else. Burdensome. You mean I can't lie, can't cuss, can't cheat, can't steal? That just, oh, man, you're just taking all my joy away, God. See what I'm saying? I think, number one, if we're going to let go the stuff that we don't even know we've accumulated. It'd be like some of you having to go home today and you said, I'm going to sell everything in my house. And you start pulling stuff out for a garage sale. You think, oh, I still got that. I can't believe I still got that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? It's collecting dust and you just, you can't believe it's taking up space in your house. A radical love for God will help us grasp the joy of living for him and understanding the blessings that we have with him. A lot of Christians today have kind of left the radical love. And they just love out of duty. It's not really love. It's a radical love comes from inside. The second thing, number two, point number two, the thing that would unlock and gives us the key to letting go is faith in God. Our faith. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. Your faith. My faith. That's what overcomes. When we, can, when, we, when we understand, listen, it's got to start with a radical love first. You've got to have a radical love for God. When you have a radical love for God, you will trust him explicitly. If you have a radical love for him, you know he's got you. He's got you in the palm of his hand, and he wants the best for you. So you can trust him. You don't have to be afraid of what he's going to ask you to do or where he's going to tell you to go. You just got to be ready to go because you got to have a light load. You, can't have, you just got to have a backpack on, ready to do what Jesus is telling you to do. And you'll have this radical faith. These guys, when he sent out the two-by-two, two, he didn't say, oh, well, Jesus, I don't know if we can do that. Uh, the two-by-two, uh, I don't even like this guy you're sending me out with. And I really need to carry my, I need to keep my dog with me, Jesus, if we're going to go to these people's homes. Jesus said, no, don't carry none of that stuff. Get rid of it. Just take the essentials. Take a radical love and walk in faith and let the burdens fall. Let the load fall. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he, may, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him before he cares for you. Listen, if you don't trust God, you're not going to cast your cares on him. If you don't trust God with your junk, you're not going to give it to him. You're going to hang on to it. Well, God, I just got to have that. That's my comfort. 
He says, listen, you've got to humble yourself. You have to come to the place of trusting me enough to humble yourself. You've got to love me enough to humble yourself. You've got to love me enough to say, I, Jesus, I can take care of your stuff. Check your bags with Jesus. They might be pretty heavy this morning. You might be over the limit this morning. You might be at the counter and Jesus is standing there. Whoa! I see you got a lot of junk here. He's let me take that. No charge except my life. Humility and faith go hand in hand. Submission and faith go hand in hand. And when we humble ourselves and submit to God, we're saying, I trust you, Lord. End of story. Now, here's the deal. You want to follow Christ? You, want to, you, you need to travel light. If you want to do that, you've got to trust him. And once you give it to him, you've got to let him keep it. Did you see the one guy with the, with the keg? He said he let go of it. He gave it to him. And the next scene, he was carrying it again. Some of you are doing that. You've given it to God and given it to God and given it to God. And you're still carrying it. I remember thinking one time when it says, cast all your cares on, on, on God because he cares for you. I think this is what we do. We, have, we, put, the, we put our cares on the hook, and we, we cast our cares on him. And then we go, bring him right back. You've got to give it to him. Let it go. Cut the line. I want to close with this scripture in Galatians 5, 1 through 6. Paul warns the new believers in Galatia, and he says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now, this is the New Living Translation. Okay, got it. You're good back there. So Christ has truly set us free. Say, he has set me free. Listen, even if you don't feel free, he set you free if you're his. He has already done it. Okay? Say, he's already done it. He set me free. I'm free. Now, make sure you stay free. <laughs> and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. And you can put in some other word besides circumcision. If you count on not doing this and not doing that and keeping all this, then you're following the law instead of Christ. He said it's no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. And that's what the rich young ruler said he did, but he didn't. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. I don't believe you're lost. I believe you've just chosen to step out of grace and step into the law. Now, I don't know how you believe that, but that's what I believe he's teaching here. You've fallen out of grace. You've you stepped out of the covering of grace, and you said, I'm just going to do this on my own. And you're not depending on God. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith. There's that word faith again. The righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. Now I want you to underline this last part of the verse. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Number one and number two, my two-point sermon. Faith expressing itself in love. Radical love, radical faith. They go together. And that's when you can give up and you can let go of the baggage. So I want you to do this. Get your worship guide out. How do you like our new worship guides? Aren't they cool? Okay, get your worship guide out.
Everybody. If you don't have a worship guide, get a piece of paper. Everybody. It's going to be a short invitation today. If you cooperate. I've got this bag up here, this luggage. Where's my aides, my helpers? I didn't ask anybody. That's why. See this this luggage? Take out your piece of paper. You've got to have a pen or a Crayola or a lipstick, something. <laughs> Just bow your heads. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what your baggage is. Okay? Just bow your heads. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you reveal truth, that you give us, you show us truth every day. And Father, most everybody that's in here, including myself, we already know what our baggage is. But Father, if there's something that's been pushed down, suppressed, and hidden, and, and it needs to be revealed, reveal it. Holy Spirit, just reveal it in love and in grace and in your mercy. There's something keeping me from doing the kingdom work. If there's something that's bogging me down, Reveal it to me. And, Lord, I want to give it to you. And I want to buy an act of my, by faith because of my supreme, my, my radical love for you. I'm, I want you to reveal that to me, Father, so I don't carry that anymore. So it doesn't hinder me from doing what you've called me to do. Just reveal it to us, Father. Might be unforgiveness. Might be worry, fear. It could be a hundred things. But what's the Holy Spirit showing you? that you need to cast upon him, that you need to get rid of. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. You know, Jesus does not want us to walk through life burdened and dragging and ineffective. He just doesn't. Would you all stand? He's, if he's shown you something to write down, just write it down, put it on a piece of paper, fold it over. We're not going to go read them. We're not going to do handwriting analysis. We don't really want to figure it out. This is for you to be honest with God, something in your life. You might need a long, big piece of paper. I don't know. Maybe you want to deal with this the rest of the day. I, I don't know. But what, what I do love is, is action, putting action, putting feet to our, 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 our thoughts. And by faith saying, I want to I wanna let this go. I want to leave it with Jesus Christ. So he's going to be up here checking bags. Some of you may be over the limit. Some of you may not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you know, this whole thing was like, whew, didn't, get, didn't get that. But first of all, you need Jesus. And so I invite you to come. If you don't know Christ, Basil will be here to pray with you and of the ministry team. Uh, Y'all just be alert to somebody coming up here. But I'm not going to ask the ministry team to come today. I'm just going to let you come one by one, just like we do communion. And I want you to come from this side. Um, yeah, I'm not going to try to direct traffic. But if this section will go first, then this section, and then that section, would y'all do that? So that means y'all, uh, I guess, just step out and come. And... Trying to think how to do this.
just come and go back. <laughs> I don't know. But I believe God has an awesome plan for us and for your life. And he doesn't want it to be bogged down with the things that the enemies put on you or you've allowed him to do. If you want to just kneel at the altar and pray as you've left it here, you're welcome to do that. If you need ministry, come see me, and I will direct you to somebody to pray with you. If you need Jesus, come see me, and I'll direct you to somebody. Some of you have got some issues in your life. You've got some hurts in your life that you've never asked God. You've never forgiven yourself for. Maybe that's the baggage. You're still hanging on to stuff. Be honest with God today. Did you turn that song up a little bit? That's beautiful. Holding you back. Middle section. Let it go. Give it to Jesus. when you go back to your seat you gotta feel like a load's been lifted keep coming you see it kind of lagging up here just come on go ahead there are things in this life that happen It's not fair. But keep the faith, his word says he will be there. God says, Trust in me. Just stand. You know, just stand at your feet. We're going to close with this. Just bring the music down.
Thank you. Say, I let go. I release. I cast my cares. And whatever is weighing me down, I leave it at the feet of Jesus. I'm not going to pick it up again. And I'm going to walk in freedom. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. And I pray this in Jesus' name. I declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a praise and clap. Just a little warning, the devil will be outside when you leave. I'm serious, he'll be waiting to tap you on the shoulder and say that, mean, that meant, meant nothing. And you really need what you ever let go of. He'll tell you that. He's a liar. Can you all agree with me the devil's a liar? Don't come into agreement with him. And walk it out. Do the walk it out ministry. Walk it out in your life. If you need prayer, if you need help walking these things out, ask somebody to help you. They'll help take the load from you. And, and I promise you, Jesus wants us to travel light. Okay? He's got a lot of things in store for us. We've got to travel light. Remember VBS tonight. So the two meetings right after this. Please uh, be in your places. Uh, get here early for VBS. Sign up for VBS. They still need some help. If you know kids that need to be here, don't just invite kids. Say, I'll pick you up and bring you. Okay? We had two van loads of people today. And I thank Diana for driving the van and picking people up. And she's a blessing. Uh, but y'all, y'all be back tonight at 6 to support VBS if you're a part of that. Okay? God bless you. I love you. Travel light.